Welcome to Arbor Bridge Church's weekly podcast with your teacher, Daryl Canty. Arbor Bridge Church exists to bridge the gospel and our community by connecting people to Jesus and each other. Visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com. I um, wanted to just notice that uh, the Lord doesn't wait for us to be good, for him to be good to us. Uh, and um, in the bridge there, they're just talking about the idea that God's mercy and goodness will follow us all the days of our life. Not like when you're good, though, not like when you're not just when you're good or you're acting right or you're doing the right things. But all my life, all my life, his goodness will follow us. Um, it's such good news. Because I don't, I don't know if there's like a way when I get to heaven for God to do like a little percentage chart to show me like how much of my life I was acting good and how much I was acting bad. But I probably don't want to see it. Um, I love, love, love the idea that the Lord doesn't wait for me to be good before he's good to me. Um, <clears throat> I'll share with some of you guys before. Um, There's one particular time I can think of where I was in this meeting and someone was yelling at me and I was practicing the discipline of silence. Um, But the longer it went on, the more I felt like I was about to burst. Uh, And, um, you know, after sitting there for a while, I did. I said things I shouldn't have and I want, I want to ask you with me, do you know, practice this with me, and I'm going to pray for us to do this, that people in our lives, they don't have to be good to us for us to be good to them. That we, we, when people do us dirty, that we can respond graciously, sometimes silently, but that we would practice that. We would practice that as, as Jesus followers. Um, and you won't, we won't be able to do it on our own. It'll, it'll take the Holy Spirit. But I, I, I want to pray that we'd be able to do that. So let, let's pray together and then I'll, I'll share a few thoughts and we'll be done. Um, <clears throat> dear Father, uh, thank you that you're good to us and you don't wait for us to be good to you um, in order to, to start that process. So I pray that we'd imitate you. We pray that we would do what you do. Um, I pray that, that the people, anybody in our lives, who, no matter who they are, they wouldn't determine how we're going to, to act or respond, that, that the Holy Spirit would determine it. The Holy Spirit would determine how we are going to respond to cruelty in this world. Um, that it would, the cruelty in this world wouldn't get us down or break us down or put us in the corner because there's certainly enough of cruelty in this world to do that. That the cruelty in this world would, would make us rise up to give more love, to invest more love into the world and the people who need it most. Um, help us because we are helpless on our own. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so I've shared with many of you before that my eighth grade year was the second worst year of my, my life. Um, you can probably see why. Uh, I, I was switching from a private school to a public school. And um, 
there were many new people I didn't know. And so it was super intimidating. And I, I think that my, my fellow students could tell, they can, you know, sometimes you can see on people their nervousness or their, uh, you know, they don't feel comfortable. And so they leaned into it and, and just, I don't know, uh, just tortured me. Um, and uh, teased me, made fun of me, just plain mean to me, you know, all, all across the board. And I remember that year feeling so fragile every day. Like, just if someone said the right word to me, uh, just crumple and fall apart. I could fall apart at any second. It, oh, it, the whole year felt that way. Um, and I, I, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to handle it. And often when people would say something to me or they'd make fun of me or they'd tease me or they would say whatever they said, they would often end it or put on the cap of it or at the end of it, we were just playing. You know, we were just playing, Daryl. You know, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. And they, you know, they probably said that after you know, my chin starts to do the thing. Um, we, we were just playing, you know, um, and we were just kidding. Uh, and when they said that to me, it, oh, it would make me feel so much better. Right. Uh, <clears throat> it's interesting that although we know how damaging our words can be, that that knowledge doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make us slow to speak or more careful with our words. Um, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this in addition to that. Consider this. Um, the words that we point at each other aren't weighted the same. Have you ever noticed that? Like, if someone says something hurtful to you, uh, those words weigh a ton more than, than encouraging words, than nice words. Like, uh, if, someone, if someone says something, something hurtful to you, um, you know, more words don't automatically make it better, Right? Like if they say the hurtful thing and then they try to add, oh, I was just playing or I'm sorry. Or if they tell you you're ugly, you're like, oh, no, you're, you're pretty. You're like, it's too late. It's too late. The, 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 the hurtful words weigh so much. Um, and, and the words hurt immediately, but they can't be fixed immediately. And we rarely forget hurtful words. And, and sadly, sometimes we can barely remember encouraging words. Somebody will say something encouraging to you and you don't remember that. Criticism, sarcasm, teasing, name-calling, we remember it all. And although, and those critical words weigh more than encouragement and compliments. Also, I'm, I'm sure you've thought of this before. Also, think, think of this. Think of this. <clears throat> the source of the words aren't equally weighed either, right? Like if you're a boss, if, you, if you're a boss at your work, your words weigh more than, than people's coworkers. So... If you're a mom, your words weigh a ton. And I, I'm not sure why this is, and, and maybe you, you, know, you could confirm with me later if you think this too, but in my experience, is often true. Dad's words, your words weigh the most. Your words weigh the most. So when your kid fails an English test and you go off on him, be aware he may remember those words for the rest of his life. I, I, and, here, and here's why. Dads, your words weigh so much. And I, I know some of, this, some of this has happened to you before. Like, you've encouraged someone. You've said, you know what? That is such a great job. You are so smart. Um, you, you're, you, you, you're a special talent. And the person that you're talking to, she says something like, you know, thank you for that. Uh, 
I wish my dad would say that to me. Why? Why does it matter? You, you just told her. You, you, you told her the words. You gave her the words. You encouraged her. Um, why, why should it matter? If her dad tells her, it's because dad's words weigh more than yours. And, but no matter if you're a mom or you're a dad or you're a boss or you're a cousin or a child, a friend, your words are powerful and way more than you know. And, and to add to that, you know, most often, we don't know how our words are going to hit people. You don't know how your words are going to hit people. We don't know where they're coming from. We don't know if they're feeling fragile. They've, you know. And if that's the case, why should we be so careless with something that has so much potential to do harm? And you guys all know, I mean, I'll say in, in our, in, we were praying together, I'm not going to tell you guys anything that today that you don't already know. The just astounding thing, and I'll speak for myself, the astounding thing for me is that I know all these things and then I'm not slow to speak anyway. What does that say about me? So last week I shared with you guys um, that uh, as a police officer, my dad was very cautious with guns. Uh, and one of the things he taught us uh, was, this was huge, this was huge, huge, huge. If you have a gun and you think it's unloaded, you never, ever, ever act like it's unloaded. You always assume that it's a loaded gun. Always. So you would never like take it out and point it at someone and, and, and pull the trigger and say, oh, just kidding. We're, uh, it, it, wasn't, it's, it's, it wasn't loaded. You never do that. You, and if, if I was in my dad's presence and I did something like that, then I would be dead. Uh, for real, it was it, you. You just you just don't do that, and, and obviously because the stakes are so high, the stakes are so high, and what you're getting out of it means nothing. So the, you never know that gun that gun you're holding might just might be loaded, and someone could get hurt. That is the exact same reason that we cannot be careless with our words because you never know the words that you speak might be loaded words and somebody might get hurt that's why I'm, I'm, I'm you know we're talking about the idea of being slow 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 with your words uh, listen to this we said we, we shared this last week um my dear brothers and sisters please 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 take note of this everyone should be quick to listen Slow to speak and slow to become angry. Um, when you do things slow, when, I'm at, when you're asked to do things slow, typically it means there's a reason to be extra cautious. Take it slow because if you don't, when you're driving through a neighborhood, the speed limit is low. Why? You need to be extra cautious. Otherwise, you might hit someone with your car. Take it slow. This verse is acknowledging the danger of words and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. When you're using those things, take them slow because they're dangerous. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You're using those? Okay, be slow with those because if you do not, you're going to hurt someone. 
So to, to illustrate how cautious we need to be with our words, I asked a few friends um, from our church family to, to share about a time when someone in their life was not slower, as wise as they should be with the words that they spoke um, and the impact of those words. So take a look at this really quick. Trinity. Um, most people have seen me before. I'm Tierra Jackson's daughter. But uh, dare I ask me to talk about words? So um, one time, five years ago, I think, yeah, when I was in seventh grade, uh, my science teacher, I guess she was just having a bad day. I don't know. But I think I remember her asking a question. And I remember myself asking a question. And she thought I was trying to be funny or I don't know. And she was like, Trinity, you're acting like a punk. And she said it in front of the whole class. And I remember like, even still, it bothers me because I was like, wow, like she really is trying to like make me feel bad. And yeah, even though it was like five years ago, I still remember it. And I still sometimes feel bad about it. Hi, I'm Brittany Harper Wilkes. And um, I was 18 years old. And I was a freshman in college. I was new to the campus, new to the college, and even new to the state and new to the city. Um, so, of course, I was nervous um, being there, being new. And even though I was a math major, it was my first math class. And it was a proof class um, where in high school, like, you kind of get a little exposure to proofs, maybe in geometry, you have these two column proofs that are kind of superficial um, when you get to the higher level math. Um, so yeah, it was like my first time taking a real like proof math class. And so we had our first test. I had wrote like a half page proof. Um, I was pretty proud of myself. Um, and when I got the test back, the teacher had written wishful thinking. Um, it may not seem that harsh to you um, those words in particular, but um, it's how it made me feel. And even though that was over 10 years ago, I still remember how those words made me feel. Hi, my name is Dakota. And when I was 11, I was in middle school, um, I was talking with another student and the new iPhone had just come out. And they were, you know, holding theirs, they were showing theirs. And they're like, you know what, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Since you don't have one, I was showing you. And I was like, well, how did you know? that I don't have one. And he looked at me and he said, well, I've seen the way you dress and there's no way you could own an iPhone. And uh, even though that was like 11, 10 years ago, I still remember how it made me feel. Hi, I'm Karen Fletcher. And I want to tell you about something that happened to me when I was about 11 years old. A very much loved family member told me that I was cute as a troll doll. That's not exactly something an 11 year old girl wants to hear. I'm 64 now and I still remember it. Hi, my name is Amy Stolarski. Daryl asked me to share a memory um, when someone said something that was painful to me. When I was in grade school, I played basketball. I loved the sport and would practice shooting and do drills after school and on weekends. I asked my mom one day why she didn't come to any of my games, and she said that I wasn't all that good. Even though that was over 40 years ago, I can still remember how those words made me feel.
Hi, I'm Montina. When I was pregnant with my firstborn, I was going over to a family member's house. And when she opened the door and saw me, she said, oh, come in and sit down. You look like a beached whale. That was 22 years ago, and I still remember how that felt. I think it's um I think it's funny to be sarcastic. I think it's no big deal to criticize and uh we like to pretend our, our words don't matter that much. Don't carry any weight with people. So uh I guess my, my invitation for us is is to be so careful with our words, like we're holding a loaded gun. Every uh, every day we're walking out into in, into to space. Um, and many of us, you know, we have you have stories like that. I could you could have been one of the people on here um, sharing words that have been said to you many many years ago that you have a hard time forgetting. And, and here's why this, this is truly scary to me. Here's why this is truly scary to me is. There's some video playing somewhere in this country. Uh, there's some video playing at some church somewhere in the world. And somebody's getting on the video and they're saying, you know what, 10 years ago when my friend Daryl said this to me, or when I was 13, um, my dad said to me this, <laughs> or for maybe my wife would say, you know, when Daryl and I were first married, he said, My, my wife and my son are both in the video, and they're gracious enough to not use me as one of their, <laughs> one of their examples. <laughs> you don't want to be mentioned in a video like this. You don't want to be mentioned in a video like this. So would you be willing to stop criticizing, casually using words, uh, sarcasm uh, on, on the people in your life um, that, that you interact with, that you love, making fun, etc. I'm begging you the same way that I would be begging you if you thought it was funny and no big deal to point an unloaded gun at somebody you love and to click it. I'm begging you that way. Listen to this. The whole world, the whole law is fulfilled with one word. The whole law is fulfilled in one word. It's powerful. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. If you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed by one another. Obviously, this verse isn't talking about cannibalism, but I think it's interesting that the, the author, the writer, uses words like bite and consume um, and devour. And clearly, he's pointing to the way you use your mouth. And it's talking about how dangerous our mouths can be in our relationships. So let me ask you this. I'm just consider for this. What if, what if you're criticizing your spouse is destroying intimacy in your marriage? 
Like, if criticizing your spouse, like, makes her feel like she can't do anything right, like, you know, you, you say something, a little something about everything she does, how she drives, what teas she buys, what, everything, everything. And it, maybe you know what it's like to live like that. Keep it up, and you will consume one another. What if your sarcasm is distancing you from your kids? Like, you think it's funny, but what if it, you've got the sarcasm t-shirt? When you use biting, biting sarcasm in your relationships, your kids, with your kids, you're going to regret it. And at first, they're not going to get it. So just that right off the bat, they don't, they don't get it. But when they do get it, it will come back to you. That's fun. Eventually, they'll understand and begin to use it on you. And if you keep it up, you will consume one another. So, and, and then let, let me bring this up to you. What if the put-downs that you normally do that you think are so funny are distancing you from your friends? Like when they see you come in, they're like, uh, hmm. You think you're so funny and it's the only way you even know how to communicate anymore. The Bible says if you keep on doing that, you're going to devour one another. You're going to devour one another. And here's, here's something interesting that we talked about last week. Um, the words, when, you, when we use words like that, it's, 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 it, it, it damages your ability to be a witness for Christ. So come on. Come on. That's not who you want to be. Come on. Listen to this. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. The Bible teaches us that a guy named Solomon was a very, very wise king, um, possibly the wisest person alive at that time and beyond. So Solomon wrote this piece of advice for us, and he contrasts two different ideas. Um, he starts with this, the fault finder, the criticizer, the, the sarcastic cynic, and I'll, I'll, I'll share that in just a minute. <laughs> The person, he starts with the person who doesn't pay attention to the weight of his words. And when you try to bring it up to him, he, he blows it off. He's like, no big deal. I never, I never really meant to hurt anybody. He uses rash words, which means careless and thoughtless. Even though he's warned, he doesn't pause to think, to say, I, I, I'm going to hold on to these and weigh, weigh them out in my mind. And these words are stealing the life out of somebody you love. So when we do that, you know what we're like? Thieves and robbers. So last week, I, I shared this. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. So what, what, if, what if you're stealing from people you interact with and you don't even know? You told your, you told your daughter a hundred times to, to not kick the ball inside the house, yet she does. And this time when she did it, she breaks the TV. And since you're not weighing your words, you lean in really hard and you say, you know what? You're such a disappointment. And, and, and since you're not slow to speak, you say, go to your room. I don't even care if I see you the rest of the day. You've come to steal and to kill and destroy. She had it coming though, right? You're a fault finder, a criticizer, a sarcastic cynic whose rash words are like sword thrusts. 
And, and, and is that who you want to be? Is that who you want to be? Is that who you want to be? I, I've never met a critical person that, that I want to be like. When I spend time, when you're with a critical person, you don't walk away from that conversation and say, man, I sure do want to be like that guy. Do you want to be a fault finder? Or do you want to be a hope bringer? Solomon contrasts the fault finder with the hope bringer. And in this verse we read, read earlier, it says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrust, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And healing words can be powerful too. In contrast to our first video, check out some examples of healing, encouraging words said to people in the second video. Hi, I'm Montina. When I was first married, my uncle called me to get some spiritual advice. And after I was talking to him for a while, he said, you know what? You're really wise beyond your years. That was 24 years ago, and I still remember it. Hi, my name is Amy Stolarski. Daryl asked me to share a memory when someone said something that was uplifting. In September of 2002, I was asked by my pastor to give a personal testimony after I had completed a Bible study based on Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. This book was a game changer for me and was so instrumental in my spiritual journey. After service, a woman came up to me and said, thank you for your courage. Your words spoke to me and I will no longer be afraid. I will have faith. Thank you. Even though this was almost 20 years ago, I still get chills when I remember this memory. Hi, it's me again, Karen Fletcher. My mother told me several years ago that she did not know what she did to deserve a daughter like me. And she didn't say it in anger. And that is something that I will take to the grave with me in a wonderful way. Um... At the end of high school, when I was graduating, I was doing a little talk at my graduation and thanking my parents for um, giving up all of their dreams uh, to take care of me and raise me and teach me everything. And um, my parents got on the stage um, and they were going to say something. And my dad grabbed the mic and he was like, you are our dream. You are our dream. You are our dream. And even though that was, you know, six years ago, um, I still remember how it made me feel. Hi, I'm Brittany Harper-Wilkes. And I can recall a time, um, it was in 1998, um, me and my family had just saw a movie. We love movies. And it was like this, I can't even remember. I just remember there was like a villain in the movie and they were like indestructible. And of course I was young. And so I remember asking my family like, oh, he's indestructible. So like he can't be hurt physically, but can he be hurt mentally? Um, and thinking about it now, I'm like, what kind of question was that? But at the time, like how my family responded, my uncle said, wow, that is such a sophisticated question from a child. You're really smart. 
And even though right now thinking about it, I don't feel like I was smart with asking that question. But at the time and thinking back, I can remember how those words made me feel. So, hi, so one time somebody said something to me that took me that was positive was my ninth grade principal. He had told me that he saw, you know, coming into ninth grade, being very nervous, wanting to fit in and stuff. He had told me that he thought I had very great leadership skills and that I was very friendly and that I was a, that I was a very social person. And I heard the social one a lot, but the leadership skills made me feel great because to hear that from somebody you looked up to um, was something that always stuck to me. And even three years later, four years later, I still think about it because it's just something that still makes me feel good to this day. Thanks to um, my folks here uh, and, and those of you guys at home who helped make this video possible, I appreciate you um, putting yourself out there. That's super, super generous of you. For the, and that was really just to serve, to serve the rest of us. Thank you so much. Um, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. And I want to ask you to be wise with your words and seek to bring healing. And I don't, that doesn't mean that you can't ever hold your boundaries or correct people or be honest and tell the truth when it's necessary. Um, but, but to be intentional about what you're, what, you know, what you're seeing, seeing that your words that, you, that bring healing. And, I, and otherwise, you know, maybe you shouldn't say them. So maybe you shouldn't say them. And so even though we know that hurtful words weigh more than encouraging words, encouraging words still have power. Um, and I want you to think about this, consider this. Often encouraging words mean the most when you create the act atmosphere of being encouraging in that relationship. Like, you know, you have a relationship where you know that this, in this relationship, this is an encouraging relationship. When you create that atmosphere, those words are cumulative. They mean something cumulatively. Like if you're a critical person all the time and then you say, you know, okay, Daryl said, I need to say something nice. And so, you know, you call your, you know, you call your buddy, you say, hey, um, you're, you're pretty cool. You're all right. They're not going to remember that, right? But if you, in your relationship, create the culture, create the culture of powerful, healing words. When you think of me, I don't want you to dread me because uh, of how critical I can be. That makes Christ look stupid when it's followers act that way. So last week, I also talked about this idea that when Jesus shows up to start doing his ministry, he goes to his hometown and he reads a verse out loud to everyone um, in front of all his, you know, all his old neighborhood. Jesus says this, he says, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the, pris- of opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the, the, the year of the Lord's favor. And then when Jesus sits down, he says, this is about me. And the folks in his hometown are cynical and critical and angry. And, and, and they said mean things to Jesus and they, they shook their heads as he's reading it. Now, have you ever been talking? Have you ever been talking or sharing an idea? And like while you're sharing the idea or while you're bringing up the thought or while you're trying, you know, you, 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 you amp yourself up to share something intimate or something that you're nervous about. And while you're sharing it, the person you're sharing it with is like, Shaking their head. 
They haven't even said anything. They're saying it all with their shaking head. And you're like, okay, thanks a lot. Thank, thank you. Thank you for that. You can't even wait till I'm done talking to tell me how awful my idea is. Don't be that person. The fault finder, the criticizer. I'm going to read you a little bit more of the verses surrounding what Jesus is referring to when he read those verses in his hometown. I'll start over. The the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn to grant those who mourn in Zion to give them a beautiful headdress instead of ashes the oil of gladness instead of mourning the garment of praise instead of um, instead of a faint spirit that they may be called oaks of righteousness planting the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified I'd love for you to look at this verse later this is Isaiah 61 and just look at all the things that could happen in a conversation and you using words to bind up the brokenhearted. If you create the culture in your relationships of healing and of power and in that culture, that people can know that they can come to you to be, to be filled up. That they, when, when they mourn, that you would be a comfort. That you would be praised instead of offering things that are going to make people crumple and faint. Good news for the poor, binding up brokenhearted, proclaiming God's favor, comfort for sadness, beauty instead of ashes, gladness instead of sadness, praise instead of criticism. You, you would think that when everyone heard this verse, that Jesus, when, when he read this verse out loud, everyone stood up and said, yes, we want that. And nobody did. Nobody did. But when you look at Jesus' life closely, this is what he was about in Every word. And even when he had to, and even when you look at when he's saying the hard things, they're always meant to bring healing, to bind up the brokenhearted. I want, I want us to be characterized by that. People, and you know this. People are fighting an exhausting battle. I want your words to bring them healing. Proclaim God's favor. That God is with them. That your words would get, bring comfort and give you beauty instead of ashes. Praise instead of criticism. So, in just a few minutes, we're going to take communion together or the Lord's Supper. Um, and if you're here with us in person, um, the communion elements are out in the lobby. Please get some. Grape juice and a small cracker. If you're at home, please participate in communion with us. Uh, I understand if you feel like you need to be at home, but what I'm asking you to do um, is participate in this part with us. Participate with us. And, and, and here's why. Here's why. This is a reconfirmation of our faith. It's a reconfirmation of, of what, we, what we are about. Um, as Jesus followers, our faith isn't, isn't based on what we believe. Our faith isn't based on a book or, or, or other Jesus followers. Our faith is based on an actual event in history that actually happened. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And when we take communion together, we're, we're, you're like, yes, Jesus rose from the dead. And I want to be living in a way that confirms that 
in every inch of my life. So every week we take communion together, we, we remind ourselves that he is what this is about. And we recommit ourselves to that. We recommit our mouths to that. And, and I, you would be, maybe you wouldn't be surprised how, how much I need to recommit my mouth to his purposes. So if you're like me, you speak too quickly. You say things you shouldn't. So during this time of communion and reflection, do this. And again, this is for you no matter what age you are, no matter how old you are or how young you are. I want you to be a part of this. So first, commit to silence. You're going to have to practice. You're going to have to practice. I just, I mean, I confess to you that I'm awful at it. Commit to silence. Speak when it's God's will. And otherwise, and what's going to happen is you're going to say something you shouldn't. You're going to be like, I shouldn't have said that. Maybe you say that out loud. When you say it, when you say something you shouldn't say, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. And you know what? You, you need to process the fact that might, not make any, that might not make it better. But that's a start. That's a start. Commit to asking at least one person in your life, am I the fault finder? Have I, have I said words to you that hurt you? And if you have, take responsibility for those rash words and apologize. And then, and then commit to saying encouraging words. You know, so some of you are going to have to practice at this because you're, you're not very good at it. And that's okay. Use your words to bind up brokenhearted people. And you, you know this, brokenhearted people are all around us. They are all over the place. This is what Jesus' mission was when he came here, to bind up the brokenhearted. I want us to copy him and use our words to do it. And we just watched two videos that show the power of words. So you can do this. You can do this. Look for ways where you can do this. Look for ways you can do this. One more, one more example real quick, and I'll pray, and we can be done. So I want to share this example. Uh, so... Nearly every week uh, when I talk with Michael, one of our elders, Michael, Michael Boyd, um, he, he'll say encouraging words to me about the sermon. Nearly every week. And I don't know if he goes out of his way to do it or if it just comes naturally, but and honestly, I don't care. <laughs> he doesn't matter to me, right? I don't care. Uh, he, he will be specific. He'll bring up specific points. So, you know, it's a little different between like, oh, nice sermon, Daryl. It's not, not that. He'll be like, okay, Daryl, remember when you said this? <laughs> and I really thought this, well, this point was really good. And I, those of you guys who've spoken in public and you know, those of you guys on a video, you know, like when you put yourself out there, you feel so vulnerable. Every Sunday, you know, I, I basically say all that I know about a subject and then you walk out of the, you walk out of the, the building, you're like, hope that was okay. Michael comes alongside me. Don't you want to do that for somebody? Don't you want to be that for people in your life? Don't you want to do that for me? I want to do that for you. If you're not good at it, write it out. Practice so we can get good at it. Be intentional about being a hope bringer. Let's pray together. Dear Father, uh, there is uh, 
so much we can do with just our words. And in your, in, in your word, you give us so much, so much power that's just in your word. I pray that we would pay attention to that and realize and recognize it, that we have so much power in our words and our words weigh so much to many, many people in our lives. I pray that you would help us to acknowledge that. Acknowledge that and be slow to speak, to say what your will is. And I pray that you would help us to fight this fight of, of being silent when we, when we need to be. I pray that you'd help us to fight this fight of saying words that are encouraging as opposed to using sarcasm. And for some of us, those words come so easily. I pray that you would help us to repent of that and that we would, uh, we would have the Holy Spirit to help, help to turn that around. I pray for all the, all the times that we've used our words carelessly. Please forgive us of that. And I pray that you would help us to, to encourage one another and build each other up. During this time of communion, as we recommit our lives and our mouths to you, we need your help. Help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information on our church, visit us online at arborbridgechurch.com.